Hello, this is Ryan Reiser, your host. This is gonna be a very different podcast series than anything you've experienced on the market. What I'm trying to do is change things up a little bit. Rather than having a special guest and one topic with great conversation that goes away, we're gonna host a series of experts and others who have perspective on different topics over a period of time, gather that in a series of episodes, and roll that out until we've really exhausted a topic. So hopefully you enjoy this podcast, and thanks again for listening in. All right, my next guest on this topic, one of my favorite people, Mr. Double D, David Delaney. Want to introduce yourself? Hey, Ryan, thanks for having me on. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this. So uh, yeah, David Delaney, founder of 10Bound. We are the sales development specialists. We focus on the SDR and BDR world with training, uh, consulting, uh, coaching, and events. So really excited to jump in. Underselling the event side, this is the creator of the sales development conference, right? <laughs> the only conversation conference for the top of the funnel. It sucks this year. You had two going. And uh, now we're going virtual though, because of all the COVID stuff. When's the next one, David? Yeah, so we've got uh, June 18th. It was supposed to be in New York City, so I couldn't have p- picked a worse city <laughs> to put it in. Um, but June 18th, we're, we're going virtual, so we're g- going gangbusters on that one. And then we've got another one coming up in uh, August 17th that was supposed to be here in San Francisco, um, but those got pushed out to 2021. So we've got a couple of virtual conferences coming up. Super excited about those. Yeah, uh, and... It's free to sign up if you want to attend, so make sure you do that. Uh, let's get into the into the uh, the topic here. Uh, appreciate you coming on board. I'm really excited to get your perspective on this, David, because you see so many different companies uh, who are actually a part of some of the fastest growing, you know, in Silicon Valley. So for those folks outside of our little bubble that we live in, um, kind of hear what you see, even when there's supposed to be this culture, right? So do do you believe in this new? rise of the revenue intelligence or this coaching culture movement? What do you think of it? Oh, 110%. I mean, I, I think that the, the, the days of the coin-operated sales rep or SDR, where you just plug them in and hope for the best, um, are gone. And I, I would see it's kind of we're going back to the days of having the sales manager in the car next to you, you know, driving out to the sales calls and talking about what to say and and, and then uh, doing the coach review on the way back uh, to the office. Uh, now it's all inside sales and I, I, you know, more and more um, we see the value of installing a coaching culture. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's definitely the wave of the future. So why do you think this movement is starting to happen at least or catch fire or, or at least in tech? I mean, why, why do you think this is starting to happen now? Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, there was a time when you, you know, the, the managers thought that you could just plug in a sales rep, um, especially an inside sales rep, because it, it was, uh, you know, not, not at the same quota level as like a field sales rep, but you could plug in an inside sales rep or an SDR, give them all the tools that they needed, um, give them the data and just let them figure it out. And I I think it's finally starting to dawn on people that without a structured training and coaching program that's ongoing, um, you know, people can't just figure it out. They they need 
um, to understand what's working and what's not and, and continuously improve that. So that's why we're seeing this, this coaching movement. Yeah, it's, it's so interesting to me because, you know, I, you know how I am about all this stuff. It's like, I can't believe <laughs> this happens over and over again where organizations are like, hire someone, here's a whole like nuclear weapon of tools <laughs> and all the data you want in the world, go, go have fun. Uh, bring me some customers uh, or in the case of the sales development reps, especially like bring me some meetings, right? Like, yeah. um, you know, now that we are opening our eyes to, uh, that's not really working. Why do you think, like, why do you think that's the case? What, why doesn't it work? If, uh, you know, if, if, if we have all the tools and you have all the data, you know, and sales is just like, Hey, you know, it's pretty easy. Well, why, why isn't it working? Right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, it would be, it's the equivalent, you know, pardon the sports analogy, but if you just hired a bunch of people for your football team and, uh, you know, gave them the uniform and gave them all the instructions and then just walked away until the first game and, and just continue to do that throughout the season. You can imagine how, you know, horrible that would be. Uh, what we have a lot is to, to, to that analogy is, is the managers just kind of showing up and looking at the scoreboard and showing them what's going on on the scoreboard. And then, and then, you know, they're out of there. And, um, you know, instead, it, it's got to be a continuous process. The, I think that the reason that, that we kind of shied away from it for a while is that it's hard. I mean, it's, it's, it's hard to coach people and it takes energy, it takes planning, and it, it takes discipline. And, um, you know, it's easier just to kind of plug somebody into their seat and uh, look at a Salesforce dashboard all day for the manager. So, so you, you don't, you know, you don't see that coaching as like a natural process. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think it's interesting because, you know, the benchmarks say that in the sales development world anyway, right. For, uh, at the top of the funnel. And I think sales has some pretty bad data around it too, but, um, you know, you have to hire two to yeah. keep one, right. It's like a 50% attrition. And then, uh, that one takes about 13 months before they're fully productive, but they want to leave it within like 16 or 17 months. So you might get four or five good months out of them where they're really fully producing before they're out the door. And I think that's even a longer, you know, from what I've experienced, that's even a longer trajectory for, for some of these folks. You know, I see them out like six to seven, eight months. And they want to be an AE or they're getting swooped up by another company. This is pre COVID of course. Now that it's post COVID, I'd be curious to see how these numbers come together and, um, and what that means. Right. Because that to me is pretty bad. That's like higher, but going back to your sports analogy, it's like we just recruited, you know, a team and half of them are gone, you know, you know, before the first game. <laughs> and then, you know, at halftime, at halftime, uh, they all, you know, want to, they all want to go and, you know, play some other sport or something. Who knows? Like it's, it's, it's a crazy, right? Like how, how do you find success? Um, so, so you see this a lot. So it's not necessarily your company, but what does the, like a true coaching culture with some revenue, revenue intelligence, you know, as buzzword, what does that look like at, at, a, at companies today? Yeah. I mean, and you alluded to it. I mean, some of the bit, the bigger companies that have big SDR teams and we're, we're pretty much um, involved with SDR teams and BDR teams. Um, the bigger companies have this very well documented. They have a process for coaching and they, they have a, a, a playbook that's continuously updated and being utilized by 
people that really focus on coaching and and training. Um, and so, you know, if I if you're an SDR, for example, and you're thinking about getting into this, the bigger companies have that all worked out, and and um, they've been perfecting it for years, and they have a true co coaching culture. And so you can have people just be in the role for six to 12 months, but they, they can perform and then they, they do well because that coaching culture is, is laid out for them. You know, where you start to see the issues is, you know, in most companies that are not those huge, you know, organizations that have the luxury of having people who are doing training and coaching and working on the playbook, um, you know, they, they just have a manager and a team and so the manager's wearing a lot of hats and one of the first balls that gets dropped is the coaching. They just don't have it worked out. Um, and and the, the manager has to make a, a specific, uh, you know, commitment to creating a coaching culture. Otherwise it just, you know, it gets uh, swept under the rug. So that's really interesting. You know, when I hear big companies have it nailed, what's that where's that line like big companies like a salesforce and oracle like uh, -huh. uh is that what you mean by big company or where do you see that where an organization seems to have it nailed versus where they are going to that stage where it's more of a kind of a manager that this gets put to the side do, do you know is there like a line in the sand that you've seen employee yeah, size I mean, revenue size years in business because for those who are listening and trying to figure this out like I'm just curious because I, I don't I don't really know what that looks like, but you see a lot more than I do. Yeah, I mean a, a couple like a couple of those names that you mentioned. You know, they they've got a it's a, there's a machine. Mm -hmm. There's like a I think of LinkedIn has got an amazing one. Um, they 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 really have it unpacked uh, and they're focused on all the different skill sets that the SDR will need knowing that they're going to be in the chair for a short amount of time and and how do we get them through that it's almost like a conveyor belt of coaching you know um and and um <laughs> well i don't know what the what necessarily the cutoff line is but usually when you go even to like a mid-sized company and especially a smaller company um not a lot of that is worked out for the SDRs that are coming in. So it's, it's more operational. They come in, they have a list, they have their uh, sales engagement platform and a couple of days of training, and then that's pretty much it. And you, you could see how, I mean, you see the results, you know, and there's not a lot of people are making quota. Yeah. Well, so, so when you say, you know, the organizations that got it made, you talk about the playbook and the uh, committed uh, coaches and you seem to have like this uh, conveyor belt or maybe assembly line of you're getting these skill sets and you're getting certified and kind of moving your way up the ranks. Um, do you see any organizations that may be smaller that, that have a bit of this going that's working? Like some other organizations that may not have a lot of that built in, but they're, they're working on it. Uh, what 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 types of things do you see that works for smaller organizations that are trying to make this happen or mid-sized organizations? Yeah, I mean, I think that, so first and foremost, it's having a process-oriented SDR leader um, in place, really uh, driving that process and focusing on the process. That's, that's the first thing. So um, a lot of it is just 
doing the boring hard work over and over again every day and making a commitment to that. And one of those things is installing a coaching culture and, and being disciplined about that. Um, there's a, uh, the other couple of things that level the playing field is, you know, the um, new technologies that are coming out that allow you to record calls, transcribe them, and look for ways to improve. Um, that gives the manager a lot of flexibility in not having to sit there. I mean, literally, like back in the old days, w when you had to coach SDRs, you had to sit there with a, a phone splitter and like listen to them voicemails all day. <laughs> Believe but, it or not, I, I got trained on a phone, phone splitter back in the day. You phone splitters? Oh man, right next to you, yep. But now, I mean, and some of the new technologies that allow you to record calls, pick out, you know, um, snippets and, and really focus on that or have the SDR bring that to the one-on-one -on -one to talk about. The other quick thing, Ryan, is agent assistant dialing. I mean, um, you know, not, shameless plug, but agent assisted dialing allows the SDR to have so many more conversations every day. And I'm not getting paid at all <laughs> to say this, but they have so many more conversations that it can accelerate the coaching process. If, if you plug in um, an agent assisted dialer, you might have five conversations in an hour versus having five conversations in a week if you're do manually dialing all day. But that's, you know, the, the technology piece is, is great and that's helpful. Um, and obviously some of the use cases there when you don't have time, right? It compresses that time and that, that helps, helps work. What, what, what's not working, right? You know, I think, I think there's um, some conversation there that's always interesting. So um, I buy the technology. Does that solve my problem or is there some other issues that might come up that, that cause this not to work at organizations? Yeah, I mean, I just, I just think, you know, if you're an SDR manager or, or you know, managing an inside sales team, you, you don't want to fall into the trap of being like a de, uh, the, that dashboard jockey um, who's just looking at reports because you, you, you have to get your hands dirty and, and get in there and actually, I mean, we always recommend that you do the job for an hour or two every day, even even though you're a manager, like get out of the trenches and get in there and, and do it so that you can, um, you know, know what the process looks like from the inside for your reps and, and be able to have some credibility in, in the coaching. And then, and then you know, make a commitment um, that as part of the process, you're going to install a coaching culture, which means that the, 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 those one-on-ones are, are scheduled and they're happening. You're listening to calls, you're reading emails, and you're providing insights um, to the team on an ongoing basis uh, beyond you know, just your classroom training that you're doing anyways. So making that commitment is really important too. Touch on something there that's really interesting around the uh, getting in the trenches and not looking at the scoreboard. Going back to your uh, sports analogy, right? It's like it's like the coach looking at the scoreboard for that team that they just gave a uniform to, and it's like, you know, uh, we don't have a lot of uh, we're not really converting on first downs, and uh, you know, we're uh, we're down by 15 points, and. Uh, you know, we're, uh, we're not, we're, we're averaging less than a yard a carry. Like, what are you guys doing? We should, we should, we should be rushing at least three yards a carry. Go do that. Right. 
like, you know, yeah. meanwhile, they're like, well, our line sucks and there's a big hole and, you know, I keep getting smashed before I get any penetration or whatever, right? Sorry for all the sports analogy, but it's kind of like, it's kind of like that, right? Like that's what happens when you're managing behind uh, the dashboard. Um, and, you know, I think one of the things that I've experienced in the past, especially doing, you know, with the sales developers, when, you know, I built this whole thing, you architect this whole thing, it's supposed to be perfect. You got all the messaging, all the tools, all that stuff if you don't go back and check it out, like, and try to run it, like the messaging you thought was so great when you wrote it, but did you actually, did you actually use it? Did you not just listen to what other people are saying, but have you tried it live, right? What does it look like to actually use the messaging? Does it, does it feel right? Does it, does it resonate? Does it even make sense when it comes out of your mouth, when you're in the moment, you know, cause we can architect scripts all day long. I think you and I have gone back and forth on this before because I've, I've done some, some stuff with you and um you know you can you can write it but then once you say it it's a little bit different and so being able to actually experience that it's so big um why do you think why do you think people fear fear that as a as a manager like you've probably come through the ranks you've probably done it before why does everyone hate this job why do, why do they want to not go back to it <laughs> yeah it's 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 interesting because i think um you know when people get promoted out of the SDR ranks and they become an SDR manager or, or they were a sales rep, for example, and then they get put into the SDR manager job. Um, it's, a, it's a big sigh of relief, you know, because it's like, ah, oh, finally, like I never have to make another cold call again. And, um, you know, the, the, the truth of the matter is if you, if you had a sales manager who didn't know how to sell, um, you know, just imagine how ludicrous that would be if they never got on calls and they never helped you run deals and help you to close deals. And, you know, every once in a while step in and like close a deal for you and stuff like that. You would, it, I mean, you'd lose credibility instantly. And, and so SDR managers have to think of it that way too. Like, um, and, and again, like to your point, if, if, if you're not in the process and like running the process and, and saying the scripts and getting beat up and stuff like that, then how, how are you going to know what's working and what's not from the inside? Um, you have to just rely on, on the feedback that you get. Absolutely. Uh, it's, it's so interesting to me. Um, why does everyone fear the call, the cold call? Well, uh, another, another thing, Ryan, that was interesting is like, you know, we, we do SDR training and so we do like a one day boot camp where they come in and they just get a framework, like if they're new, newer to um, the SDR industry. And, and what we found is, oh, that was great, but it's kind of like, okay, you gave me this framework and then now I'm going to go back to just doing whatever I was doing, right? So we, we created a coaching program that we would always recommend at least one month of coaching to make sure that they were... Uh, thought oh this is gonna go gangbusters like this is this is what's been missing to create real behavior change and um, you know it went on nobody wanted the coaching uh, part and it was probably me not selling it well enough but I mean it was it was crazy because for some reason there's something about coaching that people just it it's it, uh, it didn't resonate but for me, it's like, I thought that that would be the most important thing to, to have out there. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, um, it's few and far between that people want to get it. Well, this speaks to the big part about the movement, right? Like, do you really yeah. believe in the coaching culture or do you want to say you have technology and you, you believe in it? And, and, 
you know, a lot of the previous episodes have come back to like, well, who's responsible for this? Is it the rep? Is it the management? If it's a culture, uh, shouldn't it be that, you know, everyone's got to buy in. And so, uh, you know, it's funny that you, you bring that up because it's come up a few times, right? I think at the end of the day, a lot of people are um, not receptive to feedback and that criticism. And with the technologies, especially, it amplifies that. Like if you're using a, uh, you know, a revenue intelligence or a coaching intelligence platform that like literally dissects every word, phrase, and sentence and tells you how many ums you said, that shit will drain on you quickly if you're not built for it, right? You just always feel like, you always feel like there's something bad versus if, if you have the wrong mindset, right? Versus like, okay, I want to improve here, right? So yeah. that's huge. I know, uh, I know. I want to make sure we're not going too long here, Dave, and keep you too long here. To wrap things up, and I appreciate all your time here, uh, outside of the coaching culture and developing reps, what do you see as um, some of the bigger challenges sales leadership, sales development leaderships are going to face over the next couple of years? Oh, man. I mean, you know, I think that the um, we, we could do a whole new podcast on this because there's a lot of stuff. But I, I think, um, you know, one, one thing to keep in mind is um, there's a guy named David Premer who just wrote a book, um, Sell the Way That You Buy, um, which I highly recommend. Um, and the, the reason I bring that up is you got to understand that we don't want to create friction at all with the prospects that might potentially buy our product. And the, the, the sort of content marketing, passing it to an SDR, passing it to an AE, and having all those steps that, that are getting it kind of in front of the prospect before they get into the funnel are creating friction out there. So, so we got to figure out, first of all, how do we release as much friction as possible in the buying process so that, they, that we can just get out of their way and, and get them in and have them start to use the product and, and stuff like that. Um, and then on the flip side, um, outbound is always going to be a big challenge and it's a major challenge and, and um, it's becoming harder, you know, with all the distractions that are out there. So we got to figure out what's the next evolution of going outbound and targeting. And, you know, your work on the math of sales is a great place to start for people, uh, but there's a lot of people doing outbound uh, you know, in a way that's really challenging. And so that'll, that'll continue, I think. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, there's so many more topics here. That's the idea of the podcast. So we'll bring some of this stuff up in future episodes and hopefully we'll have you back, David, on, on the next topic. Uh, if folks want to get a hold of you, uh, how do they reach out? What's the best way to get a hold of you? Yeah, uh, tenbound.com. You know, we've been building that up quite a bit and there's a lot of free resources there. It's just T E N b-o-u-n-d.com and uh, jump on the newsletter. Fantastic. David, thanks for joining us today. All the best, man.